Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the letter of Philemon in the New Testament. It's right before the book of Hebrews. It's very short. It's 25 verses. It's going to be on probably one page or two in your Bible, so it's real easy to pass, but it's called Philemon, and that's where we'll be. I'm going to be doing a, a new sermon series on Philemon called How the Gospel Changes Relationships. And speaking of that, I heard a preacher years ago tell this story about a, a married couple that didn't love each other. They were married, but they just didn't love each other. The day that they got married, the husband gave his wife a list of all the things that he wanted her to do, all the chores he wanted her to do, and he insisted that she do it every day. Um, she worked hard to fulfill his desires on this list, ironing clothes, uh, cooking meals, cleaning house. And although she did all these things, she just didn't love him. And then one day, her husband died. Quite a few years went by, and she remarried, and she married this man that she really, really loved. And the new husband didn't give her a list, and he didn't ever tell her, yeah, I want you to do this, that, and the other. And one day, she's cleaning the house, you know, whistling, having a good time, just cleaning the house, and she comes across that old list from her first husband. And then it dawns on her that she's doing everything on the list that her first husband wanted, but now she's doing it out of joy rather than obligation. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is um, what it means to be a spiritual parent and how to use authority. That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we dive into it, let me give you the backstory to the letter of Philemon, a very short letter. 25 verses. We're only going to look at 10 today. A very powerful letter. Um, Paul wrote this personal letter to Philemon. Philemon was a Christian. And uh, it's believed, but we can't prove, but it's believed that uh, when you read between the lines in verses 18 or 19, it's believed that Paul perhaps led Philemon to the Lord at some point years prior. And now here is Paul he is in chains for Christ for preaching the gospel. And he meets this runaway slave named Onesimus that belongs to Philemon. And we don't know exactly what happened. Well, we believe that Onesimus did something wrong and he ran away from his master Philemon. He ends up finding Paul, meeting Paul, and then Paul leads Onesimus to the Lord. So here is Paul, a spiritual parent, a spiritual father, He's led, perhaps, Philemon to the Lord. He has led Onesimus to the Lord. And now he wants to bring these two men together. But not only does he want to reconcile these two men by sending Onesimus back to his master, but he's telling Philemon, he's not, he's not just your slave, he's your brother in Christ. Now, that's unheard of. That's radical. Uh, some, some folks will say you won't see anything in Philemon about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not explicitly said. But here's the thing that's powerful about this short story. It's modeled through Paul. Okay, and we're going to look at that. But that's the backstory to this letter. And Paul's role is that of a spiritual father. And what I want to talk to you today is how spiritual parents 
use authority. Now, what does that look like? Uh, in order to get ready for this lesson, I want to give you a few verses in the Bible to think about. Think about what, uh, what the Bible teaches about authority. For example, in Matthew 8, uh, listen to this. There's a story of a centurion that comes to Jesus in Matthew 8, verse 8. And, and he says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed, for I too am a man under authority. You see that? I'm a man under authority. That's the centurion. He's over a 100 uh, soldiers, and he says, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And hearing this, Jesus was amazed. And he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And so here is our first instance of Jesus talking about authority in the Bible. And it's connected to faith. And this guy comes to Jesus, he has a need. But he says, Lord, you know, I'm a man under authority. You don't have to come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word and it'll be done. Now, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Authority uh, can be handled like that. It's a, a faith intersects with authority. And uh, we begin to realize that God doesn't have to come to us. He can speak the word right where we are and things can change. And so that's powerful. Then you get to Matthew 20. And in Matthew 20, there's the story of um, James and John. And they go to their mom, who goes to Jesus, who says, uh, can you let one of my sons sit on your right hand and the other one sit on your left? And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. And then the disciples hear what's happened, and they're upset, they're angry, they're indignant. How dare they approach uh, Jesus and, uh, and, and do that? And so the punchline is in Matthew 20, 24, after they get indignant, Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so there... We, we, we're introduced to authority, how, how, how this man has faith, and he says, Lord, you don't have to do anything special to me. I'm not worthy. Just speak the word, and it can be done. And that's the kind of God we have. God spoke creation into existence, and it was. He said, let there be light, and there was light, all of that. And now it gets a little bit more personal. And now here is Jesus telling them, you know, the world, the Gentiles, when they have authority, they lord it over others. And he says, it's not supposed to be that way in my kingdom. It's not supposed to be that way with you. And that is absolutely right. So when it comes to how do you use authority, all of those things are in the background. Let's look at one more, 1 Corinthians 4. And this sets up Philemon today. But in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul was talking to the church in Corinth, and he uses this language of being a spiritual father. And in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says, For you may have countless instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. 
That is why I've sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are arrogant, as though I'm not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk, but the power of those who are arrogant. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness. So here is Paul uh, writing a letter to the church in Corinth. He's dealing with some issues. He's reminding them, hey, you have a lot of people that have taught you things, but I'm your spiritual father. Why? Because I'm the one that told you about Christ. I'm the one that led you to the Lord, and I want you to know something. The kingdom of God is not talk. It's power. Uh, the power of God in your life, how He changed your life, how He saved you, and how He wants to grow you up in your salvation. So when I come to you as a spiritual father, how am I going to come? With a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? And see, when we talk about authority, it evokes those images, don't it? When you're going down the road and you see a law officer on the side of the road, does that comfort you to go, all right, we've got some protection out here? Or does it make you nervous? Whoa, I'm going a little too fast. It's all in your perspective. It's all in your perspective. And so when we look at authority today, mind you, it is all in your perspective. But look in Philemon. Uh, Paul writes, as a prisoner of Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphi, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And here he begins, I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers because I hear of your love for all the saints and the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus. Now, what I want to share with you today is through the gospel, we use our authority to do three things. And the first thing is this, uh, we use our authority to appreciate others by praising God at work in them. Look again at verse 4. He says, I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers because I hear of your love for all the saints and the faith you have in the Lord Jesus. I don't have time to show you, but if you look at many of the letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote, many times he opens up with that kind of formula. He points to their faith in the Lord and their love for the saints. That's sort of his way of saying, I know you're saved. That's his way of pointing to evidence of their salvation. I know you're saved because I see your faith in the Lord and I see your love for people. And if that wasn't there, you wouldn't be saved. And so he's, he's looking at, at how God has worked in their life, but he's saying, I thank God when I pray for you. Uh, how do you use your authority? You appreciate others by praising God at work in them. Show appreciation for what people do, but point out what God is doing in them. You know, that puts the focus on Christ and not man. When we put the focus on Christ, not man, uh, he gets the glory. He gets the credit. And then we begin to appreciate others and say, you know what? When I see God working you this way, it's awesome. And you begin to show your appreciation of them. A second thing uh, that you can do when you use authority is you can affirm others through prayer for their spiritual growth. Uh, look, if you will, in verse 6. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that's in us for the glory of Christ. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. 
In other words, he's saying, you know, I am praying for you. Not only do I see your faith in the Lord and your love for people, but I am praying for you that you'll continue to grow, that you'll be effective through knowing everything that God has done for us and in us so that you can be a blessing to others, that you can minister to others. And so affirm others through your prayers. You know, when you appreciate people, that's good. But then when you affirm people through telling them you're praying for them, that means something. But here's the thing that pretty much sums it up for me the most. And that's the third thing. The third way that you can use authority is what Paul does here. He appeals to others based on the principle of love. Look, if you will, there in verse um, 8. Verse 8. For this reason... Although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. I became his father while I was in chains. Paul has said everything he said. He's appreciated Philemon. He's affirmed Philemon. Hey, I'm praying for you. I thank God for you. But now is the real reason why I'm writing. He cuts right to the chase. I'm appealing to you. I'm asking you to do the right thing. I'm sending to you Onesimus. I'm in chains for Christ. And as he puts it here, I became his father while I was in chains. What's that mean? That's just another way of saying I'm his spiritual father. I have led him to the Lord, which means he's a changed man. He's not the guy that ran away from you. He's a different man now. He's a new creature in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And here is Paul, the apostle. He doesn't say, I am ordering you right now. I expect you to do this right now. No, he says, I appeal to you on the basis of love. Had a uh, gentleman in our last congregation owned a few grocery stores. His name was Joey, and I always enjoyed having lunch with Joey. You know, we'd have good talks, and all of a sudden, Joey would pitch a decision or a choice or an opportunity that you have to make. And then he would look at you, and he would say, uh, Brother Don, he'd say, I'm sure you'll make the right decision. That was what he said every time. You know, when he managed employees, he'd give them an opportunity to make an important decision, and then he'd say, I'm sure you'd make the right decision. Even when it comes to going out and eating lunch, Danny, he'd say, I'm sure you'll make the right decision. Oh, my goodness. You know, boy, that puts it on you, don't it? All of a sudden, you're like, boy, there's something at stake here. Let me, let me look back. Let me step back and look at this again. Have I took all the factors into account? Let's, let's make sure I make a right decision. Well, here's what Philemon did. He says, I could, you know, command you to do what's right. I could be bold. I could say, you know, I'm Paul the Apostle. Man, I, I led you to the Lord. I led this guy to the Lord. And let me tell you what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. Da, 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 da. He said, I could have done that. But he says, no, I'm going to appeal to you on the basis of love. And when I read that, I hear Joey say, I'm sure you'll make the right decision. Well, that's the choice that you and I make. When it comes to authority, we have to know how to exercise it. And Paul, as a spiritual parent, if you've ever led anybody to the Lord and God's calling you to, to make disciples, he wants you to not only teach what you know, but show how you live. How do you use your authority? You don't lord it over people. You don't become the expert and tell them, do this, do that. No, what do you do? 
you appreciate them, you affirm them, and then when you see a decision that they need to make, you appeal to them in love and say, I'm sure you'll make the right decision. And when you do that, you model for them how to follow Christ and how to put the focus on God and not man. I tell you what, ultimately, as parents, what do we do? We want to prepare our kids one day so that they launch out and they're prepared for what life throws at them because we've given them that firm foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know where to start? Go back to what Paul pointed out to Philemon and the, and the people that were around him. I've seen your faith in the Lord. I've seen your love for all the saints. When you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll have a faith in him because you believe he's the Savior of the world. And you'll have a love for people because he'll change your heart. He'll give you a love for people you didn't have before. And that is the evidence of your salvation. That's proof that something's happened, something's changed. And that's the assurance that you're saved because there's a difference in your life. There's a before picture, there's an after picture. And your life looks different once you come to Jesus. Well, we're going to stop here today because we're going to look at Onesimus a little more the next time, and then we're going to look at uh, Philemon after that. And uh, next week is VBS Sunday, and I look forward to that. But uh, we'll come back and we'll visit this, but let me just sum all this up for you today. When it comes to authority, there's one more thing I want you to understand, and that is this. Jesus said his last words, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. And so Jesus has commanded all of us as Christians, he's given us the authority to go and share the gospel with people, to pray for people, to love people, and to lead them to him. And we all can do that. If we've already known the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be a beggar that goes to another beggar and shows him where the bread is. We can do that. You can do that. You can. Somebody came along and helped you. You can pay it forward and do that for someone that you know as well. But here's the other thing I want you to understand. Maybe you don't know the Lord today. Maybe you've never took that first step of faith. Maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. Can I say this too? This is what got Jesus in trouble when he came to earth and lived his earthly ministry. It's because one day there was a guy on a mat that couldn't walk. And Jesus looked at the crowd that was gathered and he says, which one is more difficult for me to say, get up your, and take your mat and go home or your sins are forgiven? And then he heals the man, get up your mat and go. And by the way, your sins are forgiven because God has given the Son of Man authority on earth even to forgive sins. Jesus is the only one that has the authority to forgive your sins. When you realize you're a sinner and you need to be saved, there's only one place you can go, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world, and He alone has the authority to forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. And maybe today... You need to take that first step. Maybe today you realize for the first time that Jesus loves you and he died on the cross to save you. And maybe you need to take that first step and say, all right, Lord, I want to come to you. I want to trust you and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And let him come into your life and he'll change you. You'll have a faith in him. You'll have a love for people. 
and you'll be a different person, just like Onesimus was. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.